You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everybody, great to have you on board. My guest is coming up in just a moment, and he is one of my favorite guests. Just love when I can talk with him. But first, I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works is a full service plumbing solution no matter how small or how large your plumbing problem they've got a fix for you and remember if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night no problem new works will be there with their 24 7 service again that's newworksplumbing.com n-e-w w-r-x plumbing for all of your plumbing needs and repairs my guest Grew up in El Dorado Hills. He played high school for Oak Ridge. They won a state championship playing at Arc Arena. And one of the games leading up to that was against Colin Kaepernick's team. And he and Ryan Anderson put on a show that day. And then he ended up at Cal Berkeley. He was a first-round pick of the Nets back in 2008. Played over a decade in the NBA. And now he is a very happy father and husband, two young children. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Ryan Anderson. Ryan, it is so great to catch up with you, my friend. How are you? Grant, it is always great to talk to you. I, I've missed you, man. I'm I'm really great. Like you said, two kids chasing them around all day. It is, uh, <laughs> it is the best, but I, I have zero regrets. I I can't imagine still, you know, if I was still playing and not having this time with them, it's it's really a, a blessing to be able to 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 be a stay at home dad right yeah. now, Grant. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> no, so happy for you. Man. Yeah, you're going to be a stay at home yeah. dad, but there are going to be days where you're going to be like, "Gosh, I wish I was on the road for a three game trip right now." <laughs> oh, literally, I was just talking to uh, one of my old uh, trainers, and this morning actually, and he, uh, I'm like, "Man, I miss the travel. That's the one <laughs> thing I miss the most is just picking up and going to." You know, like you said, for a three-day trip or going to some great cities, New York or something, and then coming straight home. But, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about it a little bit before, but having having no regrets later on when they're old, older, and out of the house, I, I'll always be able to have these moments here with these kids, and and uh, you know, have, they're going to remember their dad being around, which makes me happy. Ryan, what impact did the Sacramento Kings have on you? 
as a kid growing up and becoming interested in the sport of basketball? That's a great question. Uh, well, you had a huge impact on me, Grant. I mean, you were the you you made it exciting. I mean, but absolutely every aspect of it. Slamson, you know, was just the best mascot in the NBA. The cowbells, the 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 fans, the uh, you know, is the best arena, best arena, best fans in the NBA, and just to be in a small town where that was kind of the only show really had all the impact in the world to me, um, basketball wise. Cause my parents, I, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but my parents aren't super athletes or, you know, I, I never grew up in a sports oriented family. So I, uh, my access to basketball was turn on the TV, listening to your voice, seeing, uh, <laughs> watching guys like Mitch Richmond or obviously in, in, uh, during those glory years, um, you know, watching, you know, Jason Williams do around the back passes and Vladi and Peja and those guys became sort of my inspiration to just fall in love with the game. So I'm so grateful to grow up where I did, but to have the Kings there meant everything. You, everything. you grow up in California, you go to college at Cal Berkeley, and then in 2008, a team that drafts you is on the other side of the country with the New Jersey right. Nets, and it's everyone's dream to get drafted, and I know that was a dream of yours. Was that a challenging transition for you at that time, or were you so darn excited to be in the NBA, really, no matter where you were? It's really funny because it just automatically puts me into a, a story about draft night where I'm kind of huddled up on this chair waiting for my name to be announced, and I, I was anywhere from... I, I'd say probably, well, sec, the Kings had the 10th pick, so I thought maybe there was a long shot. Um, so maybe 10 through 30. So, you know, there were a couple R names like Roy Hibbert, you know, and so I'm right. uh, on the edge of my seat getting ready. <laughs> I think he was 18th pick. But so, yeah, the 21st pick, I'm, I get picked, and I'm running around in the neighborhood. And you know where, where I grew up, Grant. It's like, pretty small town especially back then now it's a massive town this awesome city now but everybody comes out because uh, they hear me screaming and they're all watching the draft too because they know I'm in it and, and everybody comes out and I'm screaming on my lawn you know just kicking screaming everybody's chasing after me it was this exciting thing and then I go inside and my mom's crying in the in the kitchen just by herself and <laughs> The reason is because I was going to be too far away, you know, from home. So, so uh, I, it, it, I, I stayed close uh, to home going to Berkeley. And honestly, I mean, Berkeley was a – I loved the, my experience there. I love the campus. I love the Bay Area. But, you know, Berkeley has some pretty interesting parts. So uh, that kind of helped me grow up and, and see what a different kind of life looked like. So I'm fortunate for my experience in Berkeley, um, seeing a whole lot of different characters out there. So uh, <laughs> it sort of jump-started me to, to uh, be more comfortable, obviously, going anywhere. And obviously, I wanted to fulfill my dream. So New Jer going to New Jersey, was it was intimidating, and but at the same time, just the, the excitement of doing something, fulfilling a dream that I never in my life thought would ever be possible, you know, far outweighed everything else. And, and also my, my best friend growing up, 
uh, actually came out with me and lived with me, which helped a lot. And that was from the recommendation of, of the NBA actually to bring somebody familiar along. Cause being 19, going out to the big city or at least living near the big city, uh, close to New York where we moved was pretty, pretty intimidating, but, but like I said, absolutely, uh, exciting. I want to talk about people in the NBA that have had a huge impact on your life. And I want to start with Monty Williams. I say Monty Williams mm-hmm. and you say what? Oh man. There's not one word I could say. There's a, a hundred, but I would say absolutely the best leader I've ever been around in my life. Just a rock. He was a foundation, solid rock for me during the, the most difficult part of my life with the loss of, of my girlfriend at the time and her suicide and, there's no stronger person on the planet that I've ever been around than him. Obviously he's a great coach and he showed that it showed that especially during these past, you know, these recent years, but he's um, just such a strong Christian man and, and uh, just him picking you up with his, with his one arm. I remember I like dur- during that, during that time, it was hard for me to even get around and, and, um, you know, especially right after it happened, walk. And I called him first when it all happened, uh, when the suicide actually happened, because I had nobody in town. And so he comes and he picks me up at midnight. One bare arm picks me up along with our security guard. And there was no better person in that time in the entire world to pick me up than him. And uh, it's hard to explain that unless you actually experience it. But there's really not words. It's just his demeanor, his presence, his love. And I could go on and on and on, but that guy was there for me during the most difficult time of my life when a coach could have called somebody else or just, you know, he, he was there for me. He was there for me many nights. Let's just say, so I'm, I'm very grateful for him, man. The death of your girlfriend back then how did that change your life oh man in so many ways it changed my life I didn't think I would ever be able to play basketball again but it it strengthened me it helped me grow into it helped me grow into a man actually I mean I kind of went about life I was I think I was what 24 or 25 at the time but I kind of went about life up until that point sort of like oblivious to any issues, any problems, nothing bad in my childhood ever happened. I mean, you, in growing up in Eldorado Hills, as you know, it's, it's a very safe, friendly, um, you know, no problems neighborhood. And I didn't have any deaths in my family. I, you know, life was pretty easy. And then obviously, like I said, I accomplished my dream. I go to the NBA, I travel, I get traded, I get a, a contract to go play for even longer go to new orleans and then this happens and it's like the world isn't as innocent as i had always thought you know so it made me it definitely made force me to um to make the circle of people around me a lot smaller it helped me to realize kind of what i need in life rather than just wandering around and doing whatever i wanted or just trying to have this fun, happy life. It's like, 
no, you actually, you know, life is serious. This stuff happens and man, it changed me in a, in a whole lot of ways, but it definitely made me um, appreciate my family just that much more. And, you know, it took a lot of courage for me to get back to playing basketball and it, it gave me that passion and it helped me understand the realization that, you know, once I got on that court, it was the one place, it was my safe place where I could get away and um, not think about it all, all day long. You know, I could go on the court and be at home on the court. So it really gave me this crazy love for the game at that point. I will never forget the time that I interviewed you courtside before a game and mm-hmm. you were going over everything, and it was a very emotional conversation. It was a very impactful conversation. And then about an hour and a half later, before the game, I'm over near my broadcast position, and a man comes up to me, and he's got tears coming down his eyes, and he said, I just want to let you know that the interview you had with Ryan Anderson today I think saved my life. He said, I was right mm-hmm. where his girlfriend was in Gia. And he goes, I was actually thinking of ending my life. And after listening to Ryan on your show, I have a completely new outlook. And I actually said, hang on here. And you were out warming up on the court. And I said, Ryan, it would be very important if you would just say a little bit. And you said, absolutely. And you spent a minute or two with this person. And I was trying to think as that was going on, how many other people you have impacted in a positive way by sharing your story? And I'm convinced after that night and after our interview and after talking with that man that it has to be numerous. And so if we can always look at a positive coming out of a negative, I really believe that you impacted people's lives. I really believe that in my heart. Wow, man. I really appreciate that. That story gives me the chills, even though I... I absolutely remember that. And I mean, that's what it's about, right? It's about helping even just one person. And that, that I sort of, you know, that was sort of the mission, like you said, just having a, what do you do from that? You know, that, that was kind of my, after I went through, you know, months and months of trying to uh, ask the questions of why and, and, just get over the emotions of it all. What do we do with that now? You know? So that was, that was the, that was the next step in my mind of my mission to sort of not, cause you can't just forget about something like that. So either you just keep thinking about it and get depressed about it, or you try to do something different and there, you know, you, you try to change something or help somebody. So, I mean, just to hear one person is, is impacted or even just hears the story and understands how much that can impact a person is just means the world. So, I mean, regardless, no matter how many people were helped or even just, you know, second guess doing something to themselves, it, it was uh, an awesome, it, it turned into almost a privilege in my mind to have God give me, for that to happen to me because I had a platform to actually have people hear me, you know, and to be able to talk about that. And it does not a lot of people have a platform to talk about suicide. And I felt like I, in a way I was the only guy in the world that had that platform. So it was my duty to talk about it and help people. But I appreciate you saying that grant. I mean that during that time it it was, uh, I was on a mission, man. So to have one person, 
the impact it meant uh, still means a lot. Ryan, you went through the toughest period of your life. Monty Williams was there for you. And then Monty Williams goes through a unimaginable tragedy. He just looked like such a pillar and such a rock. His, I mean, I, 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 I don't even know how to, the eulogy for his wife at the service was one of the most incredible. impactful, incredible speeches that I've ever heard in my entire life, and I'm 63. So he was there for you, and then he goes through, an, again, an unimaginable tragedy, and I can't even imagine what it was like for you now to go try to lift him up and help him. It was a, uh, the craziest craziest experience, Grant. It was uh, hearing that that happened because Ingrid was very much kind of the rock of their household. And, and that night it all happened for me, Ingrid, had her, her, she had a relative that committed suicide. So she kind of knew how to, there's no way to know how to handle something, somebody going through something that traumatic, but she, she related to it. And so she was telling Monty, you know, Monty went upstairs and I, and I was on their couch the night it all happened. And I heard Ingrid's voice saying, you need to go down there and stay next to him the entire night. Like you can't leave him alone down there. And, and, you know, she sat with me and talked with me and tried to just sit there. And what I learned through it all is it's not about saying anything. It's about just being there for people. And that's with most tragedies, just being there with them. And anyway, so Ingrid meant so much to me that night as well as Monty. And for that to happen to Ingrid was a complete mind it just rattled my mind and then and it was obviously so emotional with the thank god the kids were okay and everything but all around it was a a, a complete 180 like you said and and the amazing timing of it all was we were playing i think two days after or a day after it happened we were playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, which where he was coaching or assistant coaching. And so it was crazy timing because we got to be there for him. And we went to his house before the game. And just obviously just he's so strong. You can't be so super emotional with his kids walking around. That was the hardest part, just seeing his kids walk around. And they, there's some of them are so young. They don't know what's going on. It was just, especially having kids now, it makes me want to freaking – ball you know but the point is we were there to to comfort him and be at least just be there with him and 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 then we played the game that night and and obviously we went out to see his go to the 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 funeral service and like you said it i think he inspired he made a massive impact that night because it was all over the news and all over sports and you know Mm -hmm. people were pretty amazed that uh, about that man's speech. I mean, you could tell how strong incredible. and how uh, incredible that guy is. Yeah, I could go on and on. Sorry, Grant, about about Monty. He's, he's great. Well, I'm glad that you went on and on uh, because I know what a special human being he is and I know what an impact that he had on your life. And I remember when you had your serious injury and we were at the Marina Del Rey, Ritz-Carlton, getting ready to play a game and you were either checking in or checking out with your dad 
and mm-hmm. you were getting ready to have your surgery. Correct me if I'm wrong. Back surgery was that correct? Or yeah, it was. It was like a neck surgery. A neck, like a, a neck yeah, surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neck surgery. Mm-hmm. And and then when I had you on my show after that, I said, you know, I said your life, and you were not even thirty yet. And I said. You've gone through three or four unbelievable life experiences. In other words, you had already gone through so many trials and tribulations before you were even 30 that I was just thinking, wow, okay, you are due for a blessed life the rest of your way. Did you ever think about mm-hmm. everything that happened in your 20s? I mean, you, what you went through with the, the suicide of Gia and then being there for Monty and then an injury that really we were thinking could be career ending and could affect your life forever. Mm-hmm. And you weren't even 30 years old yet. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think after, I think, like I said, you know, after the, uh, the shock of, of suicide, it's like, I was ready for anything, you know, whatever happens, nothing's sure. going to shock me compared to that. So, yeah, I mean, it is unbelievable. I think I always kind of talk about my life in the NBA, my career in the NBA is sort of, uh, you could probably relate. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can. It's sort of this, this train that you board and then you just, you go and you and you can't really get off and 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 settle. You just you're you're constantly on this train and then you stop and you're done. It's like a like a I don't even know if that made any sense. It does. It, 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 it consumes like your a, it consumes your life and then when it's over, yeah. you're like it's almost like where did it, I just go? Yes, exactly. Like, what just yes. happened? Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. And thanks for having my back there, Grant. No, <laughs> but uh, no, it uh, it it definitely. I'm still at that point where I've stopped and I'm like, where did I go? Where did I go on that train? You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I did have neck surgery. Like that suicide thing happened. And wow. When I got dressed, I'm, I'm still trying to remember significant things. I mean, I, I wish I had a journal during this time. I wish I, I was able to write more down. I mean, I probably could be a, an author by now, Grant, but I, <laughs> right. my, I, I, I wanted I wanted to as healthy as possible move on past some things. And like you said, I mean, I, I, the dream is to, was always just to keep pushing forward. And, and now I, I'm providing for my family and, and that's kind of the focus right now, but it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's been a wild journey. I mean, but it, it is crazy to talk about it. Cause sometimes I feel like it was another person's life. Do you have any regrets from your MBA <laughs> career? Oh man, what a question, Grant. Yeah, I very much do. I very much do. And it all really is based around the tail end of my career. And I I really, this is the thing that I have to preface. I'm so blessed, man. I never thought I'd play in the NBA in my life. I never thought I would make the kind of contract money that I made. I never thought in a million years I'd be living where I live. I have zero complaints with you know, I can provide for my family for the rest of my life. Boo-hoo, Ryan. You know, but when you, you know, when you have a taste of success and you you know you can do more, it kind of eats at you. And that's what, that's where if I had any regrets, it would be sort of the tail end of my career in Houston. I, I had, I had a rough experience in Houston, man. And, and without talking for hours about it all and, and getting into some details that where they just, that organization just was absolutely dysfunctional. And, and, um, 
I, I love so much of the staff and, you know, I, I loved everybody really. I mean, everybody was great, but they kind of treated you like you're a, uh, like you are a, a prized cow or something, you know, it's like, you're, a, <laughs> right. you're like, they, there's no, like, you're not a person, you know, you're a possession. And of course that's what basketball is. And you're pay, getting paid a lot of money to, to play the game, but, you know, you see the best organizations around the league now, and, and they have, like, look at for the best example in the world, Phoenix. It was, when I got traded there, it was a horrible organization, and no no connections, no personal values, no, then who do they bring in? And now, all of a sudden, they're one of the best in the yep. NBA, Monty Williams. Yep. Uh, San Antonio Spurs, Pop is one of the most caring, personable coaches who... Obviously, he's a brilliant coach, but they're so good because he treats you, he understands, you know, he understands how that you're a human and you make mistakes and he's going to ride with you through the bumps if you're having a bad shooting slump. Houston, for me, I, <clears throat> I, you know, when I got paid my contract, I, I fulfilled my, what my, they asked of me. Um, I got far less shots because we had a guy named James Harden who, as you know, was the scoring leader and obviously ball in his hands at all times and shot clocks running down five, four, three. Oh, I'm going to pass it to Ryan for contested three. You know, those were the shots <laughs> I was getting. So right. uh, it was a, it was difficult to, uh, to, you know, do what I was doing where I was getting ISOs or I was getting post-ups um, on other teams. We had a great run. We were better than we were the year before. Then the next year we, we're chasing a championship and bringing in Chris Paul and, and there's a lot of things that went into that, but I was always on the trading block. They were always telling kind of keeping me on edge. And, and then finally one day I'm, you know, we're the best team in the NBA and then 60 games into the season, they uh, start PJ Tucker instead of me. And then this is kind of the story of PJ Tucker. Now it's the game has evolved, but, um, you know, one regret is I wish I stood my ground a little bit more and, and instead of being the nice guy and sort of handing off my role and then an injury happens and then all of a sudden I'm not even playing anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, I after that, I, I sort of let my emotions get the best of me and I, I kind of demanded a trade and I went to Phoenix and then that was even worse and everything kind of went downhill from that exact moment. So I definitely had have regrets about that time uh, in my career, but at the end of the day, it's like, man, I I'm very blessed and fortunate, but would I like to be still playing in the NBA? And if I made a few other decisions, like, you know, I could have potentially went to the Kings instead of Houston. Yeah. That, what would my life look like now? Yeah. It, I think about that sometimes, but Anyway, that was a long answer for your question. Well, I get you. And I understand the reason, because you were just talking about the Kings. I believe that there were, and I don't know how true they were, but I had heard rumors as well that when you were in Houston, that the Kings were interested in you. And we were all hoping that obviously that would happen. Could you imagine towards the end of your career, if you had the opportunity to play in front of your friends and your family every night and how special that would have been? I would have absolutely, I would have loved that you know, very end of my career when I didn't have the uh, pressure of a $20 million a year contract, you know, I I would have, that was sort of where I, I was hoping I would have a, uh, you know, maybe a league 
give me the veteran minimum and I, I can play a little and be a part of the team. And I would have loved to be a part of the community and the organization. I mean, yeah, I to put on a Kings jersey was it almost it's crazy because it almost felt uh, like it like it was this like all of their jerseys were wearable and then the Kings jersey was above that. Like I can't touch that thing. That's not real. You know, <laughs> right, right. Just, just growing up, it was a, a fantasy. You know, for to, to think about wearing one of those. Speaking of a fantasy, you won a championship at Arco Arena in high school for Oak Ridge. And you look back at your entire playing career, whether it was when you picked up a basketball for the first time or going through middle school or at Oak Ridge Cal, the NBA. But, I mean, that just has to be an unbelievable highlight for you and what you all accomplished back then. It was. It was. Uh, especially given the, the legacy the Kings had and sort of just the um, – Man, that was our our mecca of sports growing up to win a championship and to tack, have everyone tackle each other like right on the Kings logo at at center court. Was, <laughs> right. It was uh, an experience I'll never forget. And and man, I mean, some of those buddies are are I'm still really close with a bunch of those guys on, on that were on that team. And actually, I wanted to tell you about this. So one of the one of the guys, a little segue here that. Uh, that I played with on that team, I've we actually made a movie <laughs> through the pandemic, and it, we're going to do a, a premiere at the Crest Theater on September 24th. Have you ever been to the Crest? Yes, I sure theater? have. Love it, love it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's this 900 seat theater. It's awesome, but um, yeah, his name's Billy Noons. He's been one of my best friends wow. for really my whole life. But um, yeah, I've. One other, uh, another one of my passions in life, Grant, has been making music. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, yes. but I, I love, I love making, um, I love movie music. Really, you know, I've, from when I was young, I've always loved John Williams and Star Wars and Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. And I made the music for this movie, and I produced it, and my buddy directed it and awesome. wrote the, the script, and we're going to premiere it. And hopefully, you know, we we're talking with some people to try to get it on onto some streaming services or do the film festival route. But anyway, I had to sort of plug that right there. Grant. Yes, um, you should plug that. that September so, 24th, sorry, September 24th at the Crest theater. And I'll, I'll post something on my Instagram soon. If anybody wants to, I'll, I'll send a link if you want to buy a yes. ticket and come, cause it'll be a, a fun night regardless. Even if you, you love the movie or whatever, we want to hear the feedback, but okay. Anyway, back to that. Now my buddy was in the dog pile <laughs> right. at half court. No, at the, for the championship game in the, <laughs> for at Arco. No, but a lot of great memories, man. A lot of great memories. That really, that kind of the, the time of of um, winning that cha- that that state championship was really the first time I kind of realized maybe I can play at the next level. So that was probably the most exciting time of basketball in my life. Mm. You're only 34. You're, you love being a dad and a husband, you know, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. But, you know, you're going to get an itch at some point to do something else. If I asked you to look into your crystal ball, what do you think you'll be doing when you're 40 or 45 or 50 or whatever? What, what, what's in the future for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it's great that we just talked about it because, really, I have music. I mean, I've come from a really musical family, so I never kind of – I played about 10 instruments – growing up and I, I kind of changed one out after I got, I'd get bored really quickly. So I, I love kind of creating a whole sound or a symphony orchestra is my, 
I, I love, I'd go to the symphony with my dad um, quite a bit. And, and so to, to make music or to score a, a film or, or, you know, hopefully we can keep running with these movies because it was a pretty low budget film. We'd love to obviously get a backing. And, and if I could be in my forties composing some music, you know, enjoying my family that sounds like the dream and, and maybe having a little land where I can just sit out and, and, you know, that's sort of our, my wife and I, her, it's her dream to have sort of a little ranch and that sounds pretty nice. So that would be the dream. Yeah. Making music with the family that's out awesome. on the ranch. I got to tell you, one of the coolest events that I ever went to, I was covering the Super Bowl when it was on, was, excuse me, when it was in Houston for the first time. And for one of the events, they had Yanni and his orchestra. And I got to tell you, that was oh, wow. one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed being in there and watching that. That was to see that orchestra in sync and Yanni, that was one of the most amazing things, honestly, that I've ever been to. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Watching live music like that, it just oh. is, it can't, you can't help but have it touch you in some way, you know. Uh, have you ever been to the Hollywood Bowl, Grant, out in, obviously in, in, in LA, in I, Hollywood? I have not been to the Hollywood Bowl. That is something I have not experienced. That's a venue, man, that you, you have to experience in your life. It's pretty amazing and it's outdoors and it's just special, you know, being so close to, to the, the city. It's pretty spectacular. You just said it's something that touches you. You have touched a lot of people in El Dorado Hills, in Sacramento, your stories, what you went through, your openness. Uh, again, that story at Arco that night will stay with me forever. Not to get off on a tangent, but I had Sean Salisbury on my podcast a couple of months ago, and Sean and I have gotten to be very close, played quarterback at USC, big star at ESPN. Mm -hmm. He and John Clayton had a thing called Four Downs, and then Sean hit rock bottom, and he told the story on Christmas morning of driving from Dallas to Houston, and long story short, he's on the highway, and he passes a homeless person, and he was driving for a little bit longer, and he said, you know what, it's Christmas morning, and I'm going to turn around, and I don't know if he'll even be there when I get all the way back there. And the guy was still there, and he rolls down his window, and he says, hey, he goes, listen, here's $100. Please, you know, do something nice for yourself. And the guy looks at him and says, thank you. And Sean starts to drive away, and then he stops, and he says, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to Katy, Texas. And Sean had a pickup truck. He goes, throw your stuff in the back and hop in. This was the start of a lifelong friendship. Sean took him in, ended up living with Sean, got him all new teeth, got him a new Social Security card, got him a job. His name is Russell. He's now part of every family function, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And I had an individual, after I had Sean on, send me a message on Twitter, a direct message. And it was a long, long message. And basically he said that he was in despair. He was 41 years old and he was thinking of ending it all. And he said that after hearing Sean's story, and this gentleman had said he was out of work and his family had basically disowned him and he was on an island and he had nothing. And he said that after listening to that podcast, it gave him a renewed sense of faith and hope. And he thought he was going to change his life around. So when you say, if you can just change one person's life, if you can just make an impact, and we all like to make an impact with more than one, but I'm thinking about everything that happened to me 
and over the last 24 months. You know, if my podcast truly did save someone's life, then to me, you know what, Ryan, it's worth it. And that's how I think people need to go through life. And I, and I know you agree with that as well. Absolutely. Man, that's an incredible story. And, and yeah, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's, we live in a world right now where so many people are trying to tear each other down and, and everybody's just looking out for themselves. And it's almost, it's sad that it's almost shocking when you hear a good Samaritan story. And I mean, there's plenty of times when I'm not the the greatest Samaritan or I don't stop and help somebody as well. I mean, but like you said, I mean, it's just takes one, that one time and, and, or, or trying to, to empathize. Yeah. Where's the empathy in the yep. world today? Great point. Um, I think that's the biggest issue and there's a whole lot of other issues, but um, man, yeah, it's a very strange time in the world right now. And yeah, if you can change one person or if somebody listening to this can just think about that word empathy, I think that's incredibly important and it can change your whole day. It makes you feel a whole lot better than, than driving around all day with this anxiety and, and frustration. You know, I think that's uh, where the world has come to. So I love what you're doing, Grant. I love your, your message and you, you've always in, inspired nothing but joy and, to me and, and to all my family and friends. And I love you, Grant. You're the best, Thank you. really. You are the best. Well, and you deserve the best. Well, you've given so many people some great memories back in the Sacramento area and watching your career. and But really, more than that, watching the type of person that you are and what you've done for so many others with your own tragedies and your own life stories is pretty remarkable to me. And I said this before you came on when I was promoting you last week. I said, I will tell you, whenever I used to have you on my radio show, I used to get the most amazing <laughs> feedback. People just loved how you do interviews. And I was always grateful when you made the time for me. So uh, listen, I'm happy for you and your family life. And we'll do this again in the not too distant future. But I just want to thank you, man. You're, you're class A all the way across the board. And I just respect the heck out of you. Thank you so much. I same same goes to you Grant I respect you too man you're the best anytime you want to talk I'm here anytime I love it I'll come on your podcast weekly if you if you want if the people want hey, you're no, the... No. anytime Grant hey listen you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old be very careful what you are you are saying hey, we you both will just said I need a little bit I need a little time away from the kids I'm here all day I'm I, you know I get this this uh, hour with you or whatever Grant I need more time Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What a phenomenal conversation 
with Ryan Anderson. What a class act. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. But maybe I'll take him up and have him on every week. He is just a, a fascinating person. Now time for our Crown Ultra Q&A. Go to crownultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on Friday's podcast. Tony wants to know if Deshaun Watson gets a longer suspension, will the 49ers have more trade leverage with Garoppolo? As I record this, there's still no word on the appeal, whether it's going to be more than six games. Yeah, I would think that that would be a possibility for the Cleveland Browns and Jimmy G. So perhaps, perhaps. Josh asked, do you agree with Brandon Jennings saying only a couple NBA players actually love the game? I didn't hear Brandon Jennings say that, but if he did, he's delusional. That is stupid. Uh, And again, I find that hard to believe that he said. Are you sure that you're hearing this correctly, that only a couple of players actually love the game? No. I don't believe that at all. Kevin asked, are you surprised that Fernando Tatis was on PEDs? No, I'm not surprised whenever I hear a player that's cheating. It's part of the world that we live in. And even though there's an 80-game suspension, players still feel like they can do it and get away with it. I saw Tatis's apology, what the reason was. I'm a little skeptical. Got to be honest with you. Matt wants to know, do I think the Field of Dreams game will return in 2024 uh, since they can't do it next year? Yes. I would be shocked if it does not return. Rob asked, do MLB teams need better security after seeing Diamondback fans run on the field for over a minute? Probably, but I'm not really sure what you can do to avoid that situation. I mean, how many security do you need and then at what cost? And I mean, I'm not really sure what the answer is there. Luke wants to know who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Steelers. Still undecided. Pickett looked pretty good over the weekend, but, you know, it's only one preseason game, so let's not get carried away just yet. Derek asks, is Tyreek Evans one of the best inside scoring guards of all time? All time? Probably not. All right? Was he very good at getting to the basket and driving and scoring? Yes. Of all time? Mm, I, I would say probably not. All right? I mean, it depends on how many you're talking about. Are you talking about top 20? Yes. I mean, when you say one of the best of all time, you know, to me that means like are you top five. No, he's not top five in that department, uh, in my opinion. Jay wants to know, do the Baysmore and Cook signings have anything to do with Vivek's Warriors obsession? You know, with Vivek, you never know. Now, in all fairness, Kent Baysmore was on the team a couple of years ago and played very well. Uh, but we do know Vivek is obsessed with everything Golden State Warriors. So who the hell knows? Good question. And that is our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com. And again, maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Well, yesterday, Titans outside linebacker Bud Dupree pleaded guilty to a lesser assault charge in Nashville. He was sentenced to six months of probation. He had been cited with misdemeanor assault in January. The Nashville Police Department said that there was a verbal altercation between he and some individuals who had entered the store. The subjects then re-entered the store with Dupree, who allegedly grabbed the employee and his phone and then was involved in a physical altercation with the employee before leaving. Dupree entering second season with the Titans after signing a five-year, $82.5 million contract as a free agent last year. So here's what I am hoping that we see on the back of his helmet this season. Bud Dupree, how about wearing a stop hate decal on the back of your helmet because i know and so many others know that 
will solve all the problems of our country. And that's my rant for today. That is my podcast for today. What a great episode with Ryan Anderson. I hope you enjoyed that. It was phenomenal. Love having him on. Love talking with Ryan whenever I can. Make it a great day. And thank you so much for checking me out here. If you don't like that with Grant Napier. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.